into the contest. It's Monday the 31st of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, a celebration on the weekend of a, a man who is a great guy. Reminds me of Clint Eastwood. Simon Cook played with you at New South Wales for a long, long time. Of course, played a couple of games, a couple of test matches for Australia. He sure did, mate. He uh, debuted, uh, took Clem McGrath's spot over in Perth. Um, I think it was about 1997. And uh, took seven wickets on debut, and uh, yeah, Simon Cook turned fifty on the weekend. So we uh, we caught up at Balmain, had a had a quite a few beers. He loves his scotch cookie, so um, yeah, I was feeling a little bit worse for wear yesterday. That's for sure. Yeah, good man. We have a charity auction running for the Cooper Bryce Braiding Foundation, who raise funds for important cancer research. There are some amazing things to buy, and uh, that auction. It really is easy to have a look at afternoonsport.com forward slash auction. Things like a 2021 sign, New South Wales state of origin jersey, and so much more. Go and have a squiz at that. Well, where do we start? Rafael Nadal, extraordinary. No one had any sleep last night. Ash Barty wins. Kyrgios, Kokonakis, and so much more. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called main hair care. Oh, main hair care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main hair care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Hands in the air. I'm not a uh, Daniil Medvedev fan. I don't think many people are. Uh, whether or not it's just the manner in which he gets himself up for it, but the rudeness to the chair umpire, uh, he's a pain in the so-and-so. So <laughs> I was cheering on Rafa, and he was phenomenal. So was I, mate, and I watched all five sets. It went five and a half hours, and uh, look, if Rafa Nadal is not one of the greatest competitors of all time. I'm not here. Um, to, to come from 2-6, six, 6-7 six, down, losing the first two sets to win 6-4, six, 6-4, four, six, four, five, in five and a half hours after having COVID. He's got a debilitating foot injury as well. Um, he's just one of the great competitors. And, uh, yeah, what a win. That takes him to 21 Grand Slam titles now, number one. Oh, just so gifted. And and every time you thought that he, he might be back into it, uh, the other guy would come back and, and break his serve. When I say he annoys the living daylights out of me, Medvedev, I, mm. it doesn't mean I, I don't acknowledge him as a phenomenal tennis player. He's six foot six, and, and he looked like he was going to blow him off the court. He won those first two sets in such blistering fashion. But uh, for Rafa to come back and do that, I think you're right. Uh, when you think of the time that he spent out with injury mm. and he's still only 35, there'd have to be a compelling argument to say, he is the greatest tennis player of all time. And if he can keep his body together over the next few years, uh, it'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, now, Saturday night, Ash Barty. Um, she's got everything, doesn't she? She's got everything, mate. 6-3, 7-5 win over Danielle Collins. Uh, what, what what an amazing athlete. You know what it reminded me, Timmy, of, um, remember the song, you know, Our Don Bradman? You know, Our Don Bradman. Um, can I ask yep. you, is any good? 
Well, I sort of feel that way about Ash Barty now. She's she's our Ash Barty. She's an absolute legend and just a, a humble, um, really respectful approach that she takes after winning that game. And, and for her to get given the trophy by her hero, Yvonne Gulligan-Cawley, was a really uh, emotional thing to watch. And, um, yeah, I'm just proud that she's Australian, that's for sure. Yeah, that was a touching moment, wasn't it? Of course, mm. Yvonne Gulligan-Cawley herself won seven Grand Slam titles. I remember when she won Wimbledon. I was old enough, about 12, 13, when she won Wimbledon for her second time and the first one to do it as a mother. They have formed this great relationship. Obviously, they have cultural history together, but they're very yes. close. And um, to watch that whole uh, thing unfold on Saturday night, it really was a delight. And then we had the special case. I, I reckon they're going to be doing some advertising for some breakfast cereal soon, but Curios and Kokonakis, they were just too good. They were too good. 7-5-6-4. They beat Max Purcell and uh, Matt Ebden. And Matt, those two are fantastic doubles players, but it just goes to show the class, even though um, you know they've played a lot together, these two just individually are far superior um, and just picked up the big moments. They had the crowd on their side and they were destined to win that and uh, they lived to their own expectations, I think. So it's, it's good to see that some guys with real personality, I thought I'd never say this, but uh, are really sort of leading the way in Australian tennis. Yeah, and I wonder whether it'll straighten Kyrgios out a little bit for his singles because he played with yeah. such uh, dedication such application he was talking about getting up with a desire to play tennis and that has been his greatest problem not ability not natural talent because he oozes all of that stuff remember he took Medvedev to the line earlier in the tournament in the second round he just needs to straighten out the rest of it I mean if he can who knows what he can do but I mean we've been saying that for a number of years so um, well why can't why can't they uh, actually coach each other yeah, <laughs> and then if they play against each other, we'll say be it. But uh, they can almost coach each other in singles. That'd probably work as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've been saying it for a long time now. He's, uh, I think, he's uh, towards the end of his twenties, Nick Kyrgios. And I still remember very well when he hit the Wimbledon stage as a twenty-year-old and got mm. right through to the quarters. And everyone thought, oh, what's going to happen next? But uh, there's been a few false dawns. Now, what about Tom Brady, the goat, um, the world reacting to him? Fine announcing his retirement. I know that Chad Wicker here pointed out a few weeks ago he was older than a number of the coaches. It's just been (laughs) an extraordinary career, 22 seasons. 22 seasons at the age of 44 years of age. He finishes with seven Super Bowl titles, three MVPs and five Super Bowl MVPs. Like, what a legend. He is a certainty for the the Hall of Fame, there's no doubt. He's, He's the greatest NFL player of all time. I'm going to make a prediction, Tim, that he actually makes a comeback next year. I, I think already. I think he, yeah, I, already. I think I just think he's he sat down with the family, but it, it's raw after the loss um, this year, and he wanted to go well again. Um, I think he's, there's still still a bit of fire in his belly, and I, and I think he will make a, a comeback. Mark my words. Okay, there you go, Tom Brady uh, retiring, and Shane Lee here on Afternoon Sports saying he's back. Well, <laughs> I reckon there'll be at least <laughs> one comeback somewhere. Um, are you doing anything for Chinese New Year? Of course, a, a big time at the moment. Usually, uh, Chinatown in Sydney and, and other cities around Australia go off. Yeah, we'll be. I'll be having yum cha today, that's for sure. Gongi fat choy to our Chinese listeners. Um, it's a good time of the year. We normally go. I normally go with a good mate of mine, Richard Cheekwee. We uh, we go to Chinese New Year and. Um, Watch the dragon go around, mate. It's always a good good time to uh, and a good celebration. And, of course, the Winter Olympics next Friday, the 4th of February. I cannot wait for that. I absolutely love any form of Olympic Games. Stay with us. We have so much more boxing. What about the money in boxing? That nail-biter in Monica in the women's ashes. 
What about this uh, nail biter at Monica Oval? It was a brilliant finish. I, uh, I I was watching it, and and the Australian team looked like they were going to lose. Then they looked like they were going to win. Then it ended up a draw. Yeah, well, the Aussies uh, first things three hundred thirty-seven. The Poms responded with two hundred sixteen. And then Meg Lenning made a really sort of uh, brave uh, decision to declare, setting England 257 to win. Uh, it was looking really, really good for the Poms. They were, they were chasing us down, and they, they ended up falling short, nine down in the end, um, and a, a real cliffhanger and an exciting finish to uh, to an Ashes um, test match that we haven't really seen this this year in, in the men's competition, but um, the women putting on a big show. Look, special shout-out quickly to um, Beth Mooney, who we all know broke her draw, uh, from throwdowns leading up to it. She scored 63 for Australia. Um, and McGrath, the bowler, it's a very famous name in, in Ashes cricket, but the female McGrath, she took five for 35 and did really, really well. So two big shouts there for two Aussies that uh, had played a big part in this, uh, I suppose, um, fantastic draw. Yeah, it was a, it was one of the best Ashes uh, mm. test matches I've seen uh, that the women have played. And, and Beth Mooney, you speak of her in the two places mm. she broke her jaw. Those pitches were pretty hard to look at, but she took two fantastic catches as well late in the game, which kept them um, with a little bit of a flicker of hope that they might win it. Mitch Stark, um, it's been a tough couple of years for him, and of course he was sitting in the stands biting his nails because his wife is behind the stumps, <laughs> and um, he was named Alan Border medalist. It's been a tough couple of years, as I say, but he really has shone like a beacon, and I know your brother Brett backed him to the hill. Yeah, he did, and and um, look, he took 43 wickets at 24.4 overall formats um, and was our strike bowler. He's only one to play all five tests during the Ashes series. But little things you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with, with certain sportsmen. You know, his dad passed away at the start of this year, um, which is really, really tough for him. So he's dealing with that. And he said at times he didn't even want to play cricket. Um, and it was pretty much the support of his wife, Alyssa Healy, that got him through that. And, uh, and thank goodness, he's going to be a tougher more um, fearsome competitor now that he that he's gone through this hard time, I think, and and come out on top as Alan Border medal. He he definitely belongs at the top there, and um, you know he caught a lot of bad press from Shane Warne, so he's going to be a very very tough competitor. So watch out, batsmen in the future. Yeah, made him eat his words, didn't he? Made Warney um, eat his yep. words because he's yep. his tone certainly uh, changed on Mitchell Stark. Jordan Degoe, um is at last chance for him. Uh, he's pleaded uh, guilty after that incident in New York. He wants to clean the slate and move on with Collingwood. He needs to clean the slate and he's going to need a big brush for it too because that slate's been pretty dirty. Look, he's, um, yeah, he pleaded guilty to harassment charges, but he's now had to go under both alcohol and anger management courses here in Australia um, as part of Collingwood's um, conditions with his, with his contract. So it is his last chance. So either he gets his act together and fulfills some potential or that'll be the end of him. And, of course, Wayne Carey, um, he's known as the King North Melbourne legend. Mm. What a player he was. But I suppose for a lot of people who reflect on Wayne Carey, they still remember that moment where he had an affair with one of his teammates' wives. So it should. Um, not only did he have an affair with one of his teammates, it was it was the captain of the team and his best mate, Anthony Stevens, and his wife, Kelly. And um, he's now going to go on the SAS, SAS show and there's clips of them asking me about this affair. And um, he said, yes, it does haunt him after 20 years. But, yeah, just a horrible thing to do. And, and it really sort of divided that club. Um, look, North Melbourne's never really bounced back since that time. And, um, yeah, he's been a big part of driving a wedge through that whole culture of that club. 
And what about the Western Sydney Wanderers? They've sacked yet another coach, Carl Robinson. Um, I had uh, a bit to do with the with the Wanderers. I, I think they're they're potentially such a great club. They did so much early on. They got such a good supporter base. They got such a great complex. So much money, but they've just sort of hurled their way to uh, problem after problem the last few years. There's something desperately wrong, isn't there? Yeah. So Carl Robinson goes, mate. After another mediocre start to the season um, I think the, the the last sort of nail in the coffin was the the three love loss to um, to Brisbane um, sealed his fate so he, he moves on yeah it's been pretty ruthless they have underperformed definitely they have a very, very good structure around them as you, as you mentioned Tim and a lot of money so they expect performances and um, they haven't got that the last couple of years yeah, players, coaches, um, I don't know where this will end for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, on a lighter note, you mentioned Simon Cook at the start of the pod and uh, he had his 50th and, look, he's a great character, not one of these effervescent guys that would charge into the dressing room, more your sort of sit in the corner of the room and have a chat. He definitely, mate. So he's very, very, uh, very laconic cookie and uh, doesn't say many words, but he was interviewed after that test match where he took seven wickets and it was by... Um, uh, the interviewer sort of said to him, I believe you ran in with Adam Perori on the field, had a run in with him. What was that like out there, Cookie? I'm sure the people here today would want to hear what that, that experience was like. He said, uh, what goes in the field stays in the field. And he said, well, come on, Cookie, there's a lot of people here in the crowd would like to understand what that, you know, playing for Australia and playing against New Zealand and, and that fight with Adam Perori, what was it like? He goes, ah, no, I'm not talking about that. Anyway, so he got him off stage and up come um, uh, Noel Crusher-Cleal, the, the former Manly player, uh, to be interviewed next. And he said, Jesus Christ, if I ever rob a bank, I'm going to rob it with Cookie. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Man of very few words. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Haircare. It's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We are back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.